Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Been talking a lot about drunk driving lately, just in the news a lot apparently. And um, one of the things is that for people who don't know about the process, especially if you're a young driver, for instance, and you don't know anybody's ever gone through this, the entire process can be quite scary and unusual. So let's suppose you're at a bar drinking and you get in your car and you're driving home and a police officer pulls you over and says, I saw you swerving around the lanes. You almost hit a couple things back there. Uh, You may have run a red light, whatever you did. You did a bunch of things that indicate one that you're either a very, very bad driver or you might be drunk. And as he's talking to you, he can see the glassy look in your eyes. You're slurring your speech. You're bumbling around with your hands and, and you Let's assume for a moment you come across like you're drunk. Police officer says, I'd like to give you some field sobriety tests. Get out. He might read you some rights because there's different states and different rights as to what you have, what time in the process. But you get out and he says something like, you know, I don't know, touch your nose and stand on one foot and say the ABCs. And, and you know, if you break into song during the ABCs or do a folk, Irish folk dance, he might draw the conclusion that you are, in fact, intoxicated. But you also might just fail the tests other ways. So you fail the tests. And they just say, fine, I, I need you to blow into this preliminary breath test device, PBT. And you blow into it, and it gives a reading, and he might look at it and go, oh, you're over the limit. I, I believe you are intoxicated. You were driving. Therefore, I'm going to arrest you, bring you back to the station. And again, the process can vary differently from state to state. So you go back to the station, and they have got a better, higher-tech breathalyzer there, and they have you blow into that. And quite often, you can see these numbers from the preliminary breath test and the one at the station are close enough to where it's obvious that person is drunk. So that you do that. And I mention this because I've actually handled a few drunk driving cases in my career. But the important thing here is everyone also knows that if you're driving along and your last drink was an hour ago, police officer pulls you over. The clock is ticking because as time goes by, alcohol will be dissipating from your system. So that if they were to pull you over two hours later, or three hours later, instead of one hour later, each time the numbers would be dropping, assuming you're not drinking any more alcohol as you've been driving. So with the clock running, there's always the concern that if it takes too long for them to get back to the station to have you do the breathalyzer there, then they might have issues because the numbers might wind up being too low, even though you'd been drunk driving. So here's the thing. The most accurate thing they can do, according to authorities, is a blood draw, where they actually draw blood from you using a needle, an actual needle into the vein and draw the blood out. And they'll often do that at the police station, especially if the driver refuses to do the PBT and the breathalyzer at the station. So somebody is what we call stinking drunk. They refuse to do those things. They're obviously drunk. They can run out and get a court order, in essence, a search warrant, to draw blood from your body for the purposes of testing to determine if, in fact, you were intoxicated while operating a motor vehicle. Of course, by the time they get the blood draw, we're talking about way down the timeline. You're at the bar drinking, you get in your car, you drive, you get pulled over, refuse the first test, go to the station, refuse the second test. They run to court to get the... uh, search warrant. It's not necessarily a court. They can get a judge to do it. It doesn't have to be sitting in a courtroom. And by the time they get the search warrant to get the blood, they're, they're so far off camera that your alcohol level may have dropped. So Las Vegas just started something new. 
If you are stopped for suspected DUI, you could face an immediate blood draw. They're going to offer to draw your blood at the roadside. Now, I don't believe that they can force you to do the blood draw without a warrant, but depends on how they present it to you. Some people apparently don't know this. So Michael Scott Davidson wrote the story for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Scott sent it me. Thanks a lot. Of course, the clock starts ticking when police pull over a suspected impaired driver. Minutes add up as officers conduct field sobriety tests and make arrests and transport suspects to jail. Now, driving under the influence is Nevada's leading cause of serious and fatal crashes, state officials report. But time can hinder the prosecution of an intoxicated driver. State law gives police a two-hour window to collect a blood or breath sample from a suspect if they want to use it as evidence in a DUI case. So if they arrest you and two hours go by and then they get a sample from you, state law in Nevada says they cannot use it in court. That's according to Defense Attorney Thomas Moskal. Otherwise, you got to bring in an expert witness to try to prove the suspect was intoxicated when they're behind the wheel without using the tests from two hours later or more than two hours later. All of that is just too resource intensive for the misdemeanor arrest and prosecution. Now, he's a former Clark County prosecutor, so he would know. Nevada's largest law enforcement agency will soon expand a program to ensure officers can beat this clock. Starting in October, medical professionals will patrol with the police seven nights a week to collect blood samples at traffic stops rather than wait until they go to the jail to do so. Phlebotomists, phlebotomists started riding with officers in late 2018 as volunteers. The position became paid two years later as part of a quarter million dollar grant uh, in funding from the Nevada Office of Traffic Safety. The phlebotomists now work 10-hour shifts every weekend and on holidays. Blood tests are the norm at the Metro because they measure the presence of both drugs and alcohol, says the Traffic Bureau lieutenant. People need to understand that DUI goes beyond just driving drunk. We've seen an uptick in combinations of alcohol and marijuana. So, of course, the blood draw can find those things. The breathalyzer would not. The phlebotomist's skills are in biggest demand during Metro's proactive DUI blitz event. The approach has been more successful in setting up stationary checkpoints. During one such event in April... Uh, a phlebotomist named Ashley donned her scrubs and hopped into the passenger seat of an unmarked black SUV. As officers fanned out from Spring Valley Area Command, she and a sergeant waited for their first call of the evening. About an hour later, uh, they pulled the SUV into a cul-de-sac near an intersection of Decatur and Twain. Uh, he pulled a metal folding chair from the trunk as uh, the phlebotomist slipped on a pair of black gloves. And there was a a woman in handcuffs. Officers said they had seen her speeding before following her down the residential street. She had told police that she and her friends were headed from a beach club on the strip. And she agreed to have her blood drawn after taking a field sobriety test. Now, we don't know if she passed or failed the test, but she agreed to have her blood drawn. So that's the interesting point to the story. Is that if you consent to it, they can do it without a warrant. But if you do not consent then I believe they've got to go through the rigmarole of getting a warrant. The only difference is they can do this in the field versus taking you back to the station. But at that point, it seems to me, if you refuse and they say, well, we're going to get a warrant, chances are they can take you back to the station in the same amount of time that it gets them to the warrant to arrive. But meanwhile, 
They went to the process of drawing the blood. Officers arrested the woman on suspicion of DUI and shuttled her blood sample to the vault until it could be tested. Now, during the busiest operations, the phlebotomist said she can make almost 20 blood draws in one shift. The work is more fast-paced than her other job, which she says is helping medical patients during the day at home. But she says with the DUI program, we're also helping save someone else's life. Uh, Suspects can still choose to have their blood drawn at the jail, but if they refuse altogether, officers can get a warrant from an on-call judge to forcibly make a draw. So if they do that, they can do it without your consent, but it turns out they ask and a lot of people say, sure, knock yourself out. Meanwhile, these blitzes are designed to not only catch impaired drivers, but also train patrol officers to better conduct DUI investigations. That includes spotting the signs of impairment, filling up paperwork properly, and conducting various field sobriety tests. Officers track how suspects complete the test tasks and how well they remember instructions. Uh, The department received a half a million dollar grant in June to expand the phlebotomist program to seven nights a week. The money will also pay for a new, specially outfitted van for the blood draws. Overall, officers participating in the April Blitz made more than 100 traffic stops, issued dozens of citations, and arrested 13 people on DUI charges. The key to this is numbers, he said. The more people you encounter, the more chance you have catching someone who's DUI. And there's a bunch of stuff going on there I'm not going to address because it implies that they should just be out encountering as many people as they can. And by encountering, he means pulling them over and, and talking to them. And if you're just driving down the road doing nothing wrong and you get pulled over, that's an intrusion. I can tell you right now that I am not crazy about needles, okay? I've gotten vaccinations in the past. I've had shots of all sorts in the past. And I've also had blood drawn in the past. Not at the side of the road in Las Vegas, but I've had blood drawn. And I am not crazy about needles, meaning that I will tolerate it because I have to. But um, it's one of those things that... I have a disproportionate, adverse feeling about. And part of the problem with this story is let's assume for a moment that you're out driving around in Nevada and a police officer interacts with you and pulls you over and has some kind of conversation with you and comes to the conclusion that you are drunk. And fast forward a little bit, he says, would you like me, would you allow me to draw some blood. We've got someone trained to do that right here. Can we do that? And I'm going to tell you right now, I would say no. I'm sorry, no. And I'm not even saying I'd say that on legal grounds. I'm just saying if there's a chance that I don't have to have a stranger jabbing a needle into my arm, I think I'd opt for no. And we've all, I assume at this point in our lives, although many of you aren't my age yet, (laughs) you will be one day. But, You've had somebody who can use a needle and you don't feel it. Or somebody who's poking around and hurting you. And I think the incentive is stronger for someone at my doctor's office to treat me well than for a total stranger at the side of the road at 3 o'clock in the morning at the end of a 10-hour shift. I'm not sure I feel so good about that person conducting that transaction with me. I'd prefer not to. Thank you. No, thank you. Now, it's true. The officer then can say, we're going to get a warrant. Knock yourself out. When you get it, show it to me. 
I'm a lawyer. I'll have fun reading it. It'll be interesting for me to read. <laughs> I might ask for a copy and frame it. I don't know. Point is that the law says you can ask if you're the police officer. And the person can consent. But they don't have to. That's why you ask. If there's no choice, you wouldn't ask. So the point is that if you are in Nevada and you get pulled over on a suspicion of drunk driving, one thing you need to know is there's a good chance they're going to say, may we do this? And you can say, eh, I'd prefer that you didn't. No, thank you. And can they get a warrant? Sure, they can apply for one. Will they get it? Probably. When will they get it? Somewhere down the road. And getting back to my original story about the timeline, you're drinking here, you're at the side of the road here, if you give them the blood draw voluntarily, that's right here. Or with a warrant, it's down here. Now, I know there's going to be one or two people in the audience saying, Steve, you are encouraging drunk driving. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And the reason I say that is this. Is that as an attorney, it's my job to know the law and explain the law to people. And a lot of that is simply telling what people's rights are. What your rights are. And I've got news for you. You can be at the side of the road and just blown a point. Four, okay, uh, uh, an almost biologically impossible number. I'm talking about where you are five or six times the legal limit, where they should almost study you to find out how you can tolerate alcohol at that level. You can blow a number that large, okay? You could be sitting in the car, passed out when the officer walks up to you. Okay, so somehow you pulled the car over and then you passed out. Officer's got a knock on the window, kind of groggily come to, your eyes are red, like a bad flash photograph from the 70s, okay? That's how they look constantly. You can't speak. The officer asks you to exit the car because he wants to do a field sobriety test, and you come out of the car and just, boom, on the ground like a bag of dirt, okay? At that moment in time, are you guilty of drunk driving? No, you're innocent. Innocent until proven guilty. You deserve a day in court. Now, I know what you're going to say, Steve, obviously you're drunk. You said so. You said 0.4. That's mathematically, that's drunk. Yes, yes. That's the argument they're going to make in court somewhere down the road. You, as a defendant in a future case, have the right to force the prosecution to jump through every single hoop and prove every single element of a claim. If they do that and a jury or a court finds you guilty, then yes, you're guilty. At the side of the road, face down, drunk, you are not guilty. You are still innocent. You're presumed to be innocent. So if the officer manages to upright you and you're leaning against the rear tire of your car and you can barely comprehend what he's saying, he goes, would you allow us to do a blood draw? In that state, you are perfectly appropriately allowed to say, I'd prefer that you didn't. Go get a warrant. And work those words out as best you can. Enunciate them clearly. When they hear the word no and warrant, they'll understand. Trust me, they're in the business. So there you go. But if you've been stopped for a suspected DUI in Nevada, you could face an immediate blood draw. But they're going to ask you because if you say no, they're going to get a warrant just like the old days. But having the person drawing the blood in the field does help them with their investigations, and then some prosecutions. Scott, thanks for sending it. Michael Scott Davidson wrote that for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Sunset is the opening music of the night.